Welcome to episode 85 of Popcorn Optional, a weekly movies podcast where we talk all things movies. And tonight we're here to review Alita Battle Angel from Honorable Mensch, you know, old Jimmy Cameron. James Cameron, the man himself. Honorable Mensch. Have I mentioned that he's an Honorable Mensch? He's an Honorable Mensch. I keep forgetting um, that we voted him in, and I'm so sad. Why are you sad about that? I feel like James Cameron should be one that we're very proud of. We'll talk about that later. He's he's, <laughs> he's like he's becoming like Cecil B. DeMille. Like <laughs> like he makes these things that are just like humongous and absurd and not actually good, but you have to see mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Movies. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my name is Cameron Sanina. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jake Brown and Trevor Allison. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. So before we get too far into what we have tonight, we should first talk about the Academy Awards reversing their decision of, I guess, not including in their live broadcast four categories that they were going to cut. Apparently, it came out last week that like the Academy was upset because they were like, we never said we were going to cut these um, categories from the broadcast altogether. We were just going to re-edit them and shorten them because, you know, walking up to the stage can take a while. Gosh, seems like the silliest thing I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> that being said, they reversed their decision, and so now all 24 categories will get live announcements of the, like, during the show. You know what they should do is just have, um, inspired by Bradley Cooper, just have a different drunk person <laughs> on the edge of the stage every time someone is walking oh, that'd be up. Amazing! It'd be so oh, much more interesting. Man. I mean, I would watch that. Oh. Yeah, this whole thing has just been such a disaster. Like, I almost feel bad for the Oscars, but the way they've handled it is almost like—is this like a weird PR stunt to make us more interested in the Oscars? Like that—that's what's going through my brain. Is this has been so poorly mismanaged? It almost seems on purpose. Are we now thankful to the Oscars because they reversed? Oh, you know what? The Academy Awards no, are so not, great. You're not. <laughs> no, you you don't give you don't give someone credit for doing something dumb and then fixing it. <laughs> True. Like that was obviously dumb. It's like no, like this is what should have happened. I think the dumb thing is the way that the PR and like marketing team handled the announcement in the first place because like I totally agree with the concept of like we don't have to see everybody walk up to the stage like that takes a long time because they're hugging and like they get caught in the middle of the aisle and blah blah it takes a while we don't need to see that but like that's what you should be communicating not the fact that you're not going to be airing some of the most important segments live like that's that became the headline and then that caused the issue and so really just like the pr team for the oscars is terrible right I mean, what they should do if this is what they if that's what their aim is, they should show it on like a thirty minute tape delay where someone can be live editing all of <laughs> yeah um that all of those segments right yeah. I mean I don't but I feel like in the age of social media, you can't do that because everybody like I, like do they have their cell phones there because if they do, we're gonna know those awards thirty minutes before they happen. I don't think that that. Yeah, that's but the true. whole thing that like cracks me up is still this, and I know it's just a theory. It's not actually something that has come out to be proven or anything. But the fact that the four categories that were going to get cut are four categories that Disney has no stakes in whatsoever. 
Mm-hmm. You feel like with how much analysis they do of these things before any decision, they have all these people going through, weighing all the sides, all the different... You would think that would come up and them go, yeah, maybe we should just switch things up a little bit just so it doesn't look that mischievous. Yeah, it's just... I think just that's all like every single thing that, that Disney does. <laughs> you like start to question something, they're like, hey, look at this cute mouse. Isn't he friendly? That's like that's like their whole business model. Right. Yeah. But between this and the <laughs> whole category where they were going to add best popular film or most popular film for a Star Wars and or Marvel movie. Yes. That's that's what the category is. AKA was. the Disney Award. You know. Yeah. <laughs> between that and this and them not having a host this year all their like the weird things that have gone on with the songs of them being like we're not going to do the songs okay we're going to do two of the songs okay we'll do all of the songs <laughs> i just feel like the academy like needs to put out like a poll and be like what do people want before just and then just be like hey here's what you guys voted on because clearly it's just like they're terrible at making decisions and are just going to go with whatever the majority says typical left wing hollyweird am i right <laughs> uh, so right yeah Ugh, politics. I mean, I th- I think I'm glad they kept the songs because I think that's one of the coolest parts of the show every year is is those nominees getting to perf- getting to like in this medium it's hard to see the people who are winning the awards do their thing during the show, yeah. mm-hmm. but the 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 best original song is a really good example of right. that. Yeah, how we can actually see it live there. The Academy Awards did weird things and then made them right so. Like one thumb up out of two? I don't know. We'll see. Two weeks away. Probably one of the more interesting best picture races we've seen in, I don't know, 10 years. Um, But let's go ahead and get to our most anticipated movies of 2019. This is something we normally do a little bit earlier on, but let's face it, there wasn't much going on in January. But now that we're getting to kind of the heart of the year, we wanted to look forward, see what we have ahead, see what we're really excited about this year. So um, before we get to our most anticipated movies, let's talk a little bit about ones that didn't make the list, but were close. Did you guys have any that were like uh, honorable mentions for your top five most anticipated movies? So, yeah, it's hard. It's always hard. The more, the more unique, interesting things are the things that don't have the really big advanced marketing um, a lot of the time. So, um, one that kind of I thought about was "Won't You Be My Neighbor," the Mister Rogers biopic starring Tom Hanks, who's the only person who could play Mister mm-hmm. Rogers. I, I feel like, um, but but I don't know that that has like a lot of opportunity to be very bad too. So mm-hmm. that's why it didn't ultimately make the cut for me. Also, I didn't put any of the Disney live action remake yeah. boots. Neither did I because. I mean, I'm. We'll definitely see them, except for Dumbo. I'm not on board with that. But um, Aladdin is looking um, terrible. Weird. Yeah, at the best. And the Lion King still has to prove that it needs to exist. So I'm actually, I'm actually sort of terrified. About yeah, it. yeah. Lion same. King could be great. Could be garbage. <laughs> um, there's a couple of films that I wanted to put on my list, but it's like I'm excited for them. Like I'm excited for Godzilla. But it's not like top of my list. Same with like the Joker, the Joaquin Phoenix one, um, Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm really excited for it, but there's just 
if I had a number six, it'd be Spider-Man Far From Home. But there's two other films. There's one called Jojo Rabbit, which is the new uh, Taika Waititi film that's coming out this year about a kid who adopts uh, yeah. somebody, and then that person ends up being Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> that's the premise that um, I read. Only Taika Waititi. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I am in. I'm in. Um, and then there's a film coming out in May with somebody who I'm surprised we haven't nominated yet, uh, Brad Pitt, called Ad Astra, about an astronaut who travels to the outer edges of the solar system to find his missing father and unravel a mystery that threatens the survival of our planet. From director James Gray, who, if you guys saw a film called The Lost City of Z, came out like two years ago, that was really Mm -hmm. good. Um, So, yeah. Those are kind of my three, but let's go ahead and get into our top five most anticipated movies of 2019. Jake, what is your number five movie? Uh, My number five is a horror film, and it is one of two horror films on this list, Uh, and it is It Chapter 2. Ooh. I'm I'm really excited about it. It Chapter 1 was so good. I think it blew all of us away. I think it was on Trevor's top 10 of that year. Yeah, I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited to see how they wrap this thing up. And it's got a crazy cast for the adults. Yeah. Yes, I mean, they do. Bill Hader, James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain. I mean, there's really great people. So, okay. That's a good number five. Trevor, what's your number five? I also have Shock of All Shocks, two horror films on my list. That's even more shocking. Um, yeah. I know, right? Um, and my number five is us, the new horror film from Jordan Peele that comes out in a few weeks. That is my number five as well. Oh, well, there you go. I just think, I think that it looks terrifying, but Jordan Peele earned a lot of horror capital with get out. So I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to jump in. Yeah. It's interesting. The post key and Peele (laughs) career, that's a phrase that he's had. I mean, he did get out and then he produced and i can't remember if he wrote or not black klansman and then now he's like hosting and executive producing the twilight zone tv show and there's this and then he's he produces a ton of stuff like tons of documentaries yeah. he's producing constantly what's the, like Man, monkey if you can paw? tell stories you can tell stories <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you can tell stories you can tell stories that is pretty pretty interesting comment there trevor um okay cool uh jake what is your number four uh most anticipated movie uh my number four most anticipated is the fourth in a series and it's anticipated but i'm also terrified because like trevor said with lion king it doesn't need to exist and that is toy story 4 yeah it didn't make the cut for me because of that it didn't make the cut for me but, but i feel like it's one of those movies that like could be i don't know why it exists I think that's why. <laughs> but also, the other the other side of that is is there's a really good possibility that we see it and we're like, oh yeah, that was amazing. Of course, duh. Why wouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I don't really know how to feel. <laughs> there's also a really good chance that we see it and we go, at the end of this year, we go, oh yeah, Toy Story 4 came out this year. Huh. Forgot about that one. Mm. Yeah, kind of like Incredibles 2 last year. Yeah. Great movie. Just kind of forgettable. Uh, yeah. Trevor, what is your number four? 
Uh, my number four is It Chapter Two, my second horror film. Um, like Jake said, I loved the first one. It's it's the perfect example of using horror elements to tell a story instead of to scare you, which I think is kind of what Stephen King does. But what Andy Muschietti did with it, I thought was very impressive. Um, very well said, it, Trevor. I agree with that. It was, yeah. It was just it was it it was just so much fun. It was it was like it was a lot like stranger things. I think, um, not just because Finn Wolfhard is in it, but, <laughs> but it had that kind of, that same kind of feel of that nostalgia, but you have this, um, I don't know, just this, this really interesting story. And I think it may be difficult to capture that with the whole new cast, but I think that Andy Muschietti has a feel for what needs to happen. I'm curious because Jake has done this before. Jake is stranger things season three on your list. No, it's not. Oh, okay. I'm just curious. Um, my number also four... Also doesn't need to exist. <laughs> you don't think so? You think two had the perfect I don't ending? think season... I don't think two needed to exist. I, I liked it, but... Hmm. Eh. We'll, well see. My number four is actually a movie that we will, will review next week, and that is How to Train Your Dragon 3. The first two of which are two of my favorite animated movies of all time. And I feel like this one has the potential to kind of lock that series in as one of the great trilogies of all time. It's also going to be the last one. So there's some emotion involved in like, oh, I wonder how they tie that all together. But I'm excited. It's a week away. That was my honorable mention. I originally had a list of six. I didn't know we were doing five until Mm. we started the list. So, yeah, that's I agree with you, Cameron. I'm super excited for it, but I'm also a little nervous. So we'll see. It seems to be doing decently from reviews that have come out. Um, so we'll we'll see. That's kind of... Uh, are people just liking it because it's the last, or are people liking it because it's actually good? You can kind of right. get like the Harry Potter episode eight. Okay, number three. Trevor, what is your number three? Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm. I'm just super excited. I, I've, I watched the trailer a couple more times. Um, I had kind of mixed feelings the first time, but now I'm really into it, especially, especially Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Um, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Nice. I will say, when, when we took my son to go see the Lego movie to the second part, after that trailer, he turned to my wife and goes, wow. So that was a, <laughs> that was a great moment as a parent. That's adorable. Um, Jake, what is your number three? Uh, my number three is Us, which you guys already talked about. I'm super excited about it. It's original, uh, original IP horror done by Jordan Peele. Uh, I think it's going to be one of the better movies this year because honestly, this year doesn't look super great. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number three is a movie that has a pretty insane cast: Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Lakeith Stanfield, Michael Shannon. And honestly has one of the most exciting directors working right now. Uh, it's Ryan Johnson's new film, Knives Out. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I would have had it on my list. I, f- I forgot about it. A but modern yeah, Ryan take Johnson, all on the way a in. whodunit murder mystery. Okay. I'm down. All right. I feel <laughs> like we are all going to have a very similar one-two punch. Yeah. It's oh fanboys. So no, it's I, not fanboys. It's been like twenty five years of build up for these movies, right? Yeah, that's true. Both of them years and years in the making. Yeah, right. Um. So so let's do this. <laughs> one's Avengers Endgame and one Star Wars Episode Nine. Am I like? Is that correct? 
for both of you yeah yes okay yeah. so for me let's let's say which like so let's talk avengers endgame first does avengers endgame end up as one or two for you guys it's it's one for me but just because of the cliffhanger the emotions wow uh, uh yeah mine is it's number two for me just because the consistency of marvel uh, i feel like they're gonna land the plane but uh also just because star wars has been around for like almost 50 years at this point <laughs> yeah star wars is one for me avengers is two i'm i'm pretty emotionally involved in avengers and i i, I don't think i have as much hesitation with this one, I think I have hesitation with the Star Wars Episode Nine, and that we don't know. Like, it could be bad. You never know. Mm-hmm. I feel like Avengers is kind of like mm, it's going to be good. You know, that it's going to be good. But there's something that's exciting about the possibility of Star Wars because I feel like we. And this isn't like I'm not saying that I know exactly what's going to happen in Avengers Endgame, but I feel like you kind of have a general idea of like where things are going to go or like how things might end. Not to say that yeah. there won't be surprises along the way, but with Star Wars Episode Nine, the way that Last Jedi ended, it's like, I have no idea anything about that movie, what's going to happen whatsoever. And that's appealing. Yeah. And honestly, when you think about it, like almost, almost like half of the Star Wars movies have been arguably bad, but like nothing has had as big of a cultural impact as Star Wars has, I would say, in the last like 40 to 50 years in terms of pop culture, film, entertainment. Um, and this is the ending of the, the Skywalker saga. Like that's what all of this has been building up to. Mm-hmm. The end of an era, which is just like mind blowing. I'm not worried about Star Wars not at all. Um, because in JJ, I trust. And... <laughs> But there are times the, the where J.J. Is, makes mediocre films. Yeah, but this is like the perfect J.J. thing. Like he's coming off a kind of controversial thing. He he can come in, bring in a story that pleases everyone from the diehards to the casuals. It's like, I don't It's It just feels exactly like the kind of thing he was meant to do. Um, so I, I'm not worried about it. I'm really intrigued because it could go so many directions um but but yeah i think um i'm very definitely excited to see what jj does with it so there it is our most anticipated movies of 2019 the majority of which come out before june so it could be a interesting first half and then a really slow second half but hopefully there are movies (laughs) that (laughs) surprise us along the way because i i agree with jake as i was looking through the list it was kind of like this is an interesting year and i remember Last year at this time, like looking at 2018 and being like, this is going to be nuts. There are so many things. Yeah, 2018 was stacked and 2018, 2019 is going to have, I'm sure, a lot of good things. But just like there, there's not a lot of marketing done for smaller films like a year in advance like there is for all these other films. So right, right. Uh, the back half of this year, I'm sure there's going to be some indie darlings that make everybody super happy. But we just we just don't know anything about them. <laughs> Right. And this this when you're looking at everything that's set as a release date, pretty much every week starting last week with the Lego movie, um, through August, there's either a sequel, reboot, rebootquel, prequel coming out every weekend. Yeah. 
for for like 20 weeks in a row it's pretty crazy all right well let's let's go ahead and turn our attention to reviewing alita battle angel before we you know hop into this i feel like i need to get my james cameron defense armor on i need to like uh get my terminator shield. was that originally designed as a um as a cargo hauler in your spaceship well it's actually lime green and it's just going to be cgi later but <laughs> okay <laughs> it's it's going to be pretty like it'll be exactly what you expect content wise but you'll have fun experiencing it i should say <laughs> how do i make this as subtle as possible okay never mind okay let's get to our general thoughts of this i think if people who've listened to the podcast kind of know where we stand as James Cameron as a whole, I like him. You guys are more mixed on him. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and get this started. Cause I feel like I'm going to be the only one saying this. If, if I could cut one thing from this film, I feel like this would be a great film. I feel like it's a good film that I had a lot of fun with, but there's one certain thing that needs to be cut. And if that thing was cut, I don't know if it's spoilers to say, but if that one thing was cut, I feel like this would be a lot better of a movie. So I was pleasantly surprised by this. Now, Trevor, Jake, do your worst and tear it apart. (laughs) (laughs) So we've been making fun of this movie since the first trailers came out. And I kind of... I wouldn't say I wanted I, it when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, that's just going to be terrible. Uh, I don't need that. And then I kind of got a little bit excited about it going up to see it. And then I was like, you know what? 3d IMAX. That sounds pretty cool. I've never done that before. I'll, I'm, I'm willing to kind of do this. And I got excited for it. And I was for the first 30 minutes. I was like in, I was like, this is it. I was like, Robert Rodriguez finally put something together. Like we've got something going. And then it just kind of, bleh, it just like, kind of fizzles out and it falls apart in some ways and it tries to do too much. I think there are some things that are absolutely beautiful in it. Um, the realistic nature of some of the, um, the cyborg kind of things is is really, it was really shocking in some ways. Um, but in the end we got exactly what you would expect out of a movie written by James Cameron and directed by Robert Rodriguez. That's exactly what it was. And I think that if you could chop 15 minutes in the right places and make this a really good movie. And so I do agree, Cam. I think I have a guess. As, I, have a, I have a pretty good guess, I think, as to what you would cut. But it was overall, it was it was pretty good. But I didn't live up to what it could have been. Oh, I hated this movie so much. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I literally, within like 15 minutes, I was like, oh. I do not like this. Like I was out <laughs> within 15 minutes. I, I hated it. Um, I better I so or worse many... than avatar. Uh, oh. it's, it's, it's better than avatar. Cause it's not so derivative. Yeah. Okay. I think like, at least this is like a little bit more original. Um, but I don't know. It kind of falls into the same category for me. I have a lot of thoughts, um i i will i will okay so i will give a pro for the film before we get deep dive um the visuals are incredible i i saw it in 3d as well and this is i saw a lego movie too in 3d actually on accident um and you know what like 3d has gotten a lot better uh both of them are really good in 3d but this was like visually it it's visually fantastic like if you're just into cool visuals and cool action scenes and like robots and stuff 
you're gonna enjoy it. it it's great um i Man. i definitely want a little bit more out of my films than that and so i have a lot of problems with this movie but vi- <laughs> like visually it's pretty awesome so let's talk first about the eyes of alita because that's the selling point the marketing tactic i don't know what that is but it's definitely something that has put this film more in the conversation than it would if they just had rosa salazar on screen so was there ever a time when the cgi eyes weren't distracting for you or like did you get into it or did you always feel like it was a video game or where did you guys stand on the eyes i kind of i didn't like i thought i was gonna hate it i it was it was mostly fine i sort of got used to it it was distracting at points um it's a weird choice because no one else looks like that. Yeah, that's my issue with it. Is that's it's like, the weird thing. Like, Except for the people in her flashbacks, obviously, that are her people. Yeah. I think that they could have achieved a similar thing through a different medium just because I never got past the fact that she was a CG character. Um, and there are times where it looks great. There are times where it didn't. But it's just that's part of the uncanny valley. And I think that this, this film is not a good script. And I think the acting generally is pretty bad, but I think the, the CG of her face makes her already poor delivery significantly worse. You didn't like Rosa Salazar as Alita. Oh, me. We... Uh, I thought, I thought she was all right. I thought she was, I thought she was endearing enough. If nothing else, Yeah, she was very sweet. I don't know. I just find I found the script so bad. Okay, yeah, so let, let's get really let's, bad. Let's get into that because that's I don't know if it's spoilers or not. I didn't really know much about this movie going in, and so I feel like I don't want to say too much about it without what's already public knowledge. You know, the eyes are kind of public knowledge. We can give our general thoughts, but let's get into spoilers. If <laughs> if a yay middle and a please never see this again is enough to make you go see this. <laughs> Go see it and uh, uh, come back and listen to the rest of the view. If if you don't care about spoilers, just keep listening because there's not I, a lot I, of plot here to spoil. Yeah, I, I hate telling people to spend twice as much as they need to at the movies, but you should see it in IMAX 3D if you're interested in seeing it. Yeah, the the visuals are why you watch this movie. That's why you. Right. That's like what you need to see. Yeah, this would this would not play as well on your on your uh, your Vizio at home. Absolutely not. Right, <laughs> Vizio. Great <laughs> reference. Uh, that gets us to our first sponsor of the night, Vizio. If you <laughs> like your TVs cheap and overall, you know, pretty good, then uh, Vizio's for you. Um, okay, let's let's get into spoilers. Jake talked about like the script is terrible. I don't know if the script is terrible, but the whole teen romance section. Oh man. The entire character okay, if of you, Hugo. Yeah. Is that what you wanted to cut? Yes. That's what I was going to say too. If you, if cut, you cut Hugo from this movie, it's way better. Right. A hundred percent agree with that. And I think a lot of my issues, not even just with Hugo, but like, stem from hugo existing so right. so uh, I th- also yeah. also hugo is super lame you guys yes, he's hugo is not cool he's right he's not movie. cool at all he's literally he's just terrible- the first boy she saw right which is very like if we're going on this whole line of like she's a newborn she's like f- experiencing everything for the first time it's like you would kind of like keep people attach themselves to whatever they you know 
at least kids, like whatever they experience first. And so there's a little bit, some of that stuff that's true. But normally when we have a complaint, I feel like we're normally, you're like, this is like, at least with me, I'm like, this is bad. Why is that bad? I feel like there's a very clear choice here in that if you cut the character of Hugo. Now, there are some problems if you cut him. There are some things that he does story-wise that he introduces her to or that he's motivation for. That, if you cut him completely, you could hand over to Jennifer Connelly's character, give her some more yes. stuff to work with, oh and then gosh. you build that relationship, and then the movie's ten times better. I 100% agree with that. Hugo... Hugo has no significant effect on the story. Um, yeah, I I hated. He just com- the he just he's just there to complicate the main character's journey. Yes, yes, and she gains nothing from it. Yeah, that's like my biggest complaint. I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. Like in my notes, it was I have a lot of complaints, and then it was just like the the heart scene between Alita and Hugo, like where she yes. takes yeah. out her heart and like yes that was their relationship makes no sense he sucks as a character them being together makes no like, sense it's terrible it's like they knew he sucked because they killed him twice yeah <laughs> like, they why, did. <laughs> why do you have a guy if, why do you have someone if you're why do you bring him back to life so dramatically if you're gonna kill him five minutes later for literally no reason guys right. he's just being stupid this movie I don't know if you guys have thought this through, but I thought this through when I got in the car. This movie is so metal. Like, she cuts off her boyfriend's head and then plugs yes. her heart into his head to keep him alive. And yes. then the movie kills him three minutes later. Yes. Like, by chopping him into millions of pieces. And then there's hope that he gets saved. And then he falls and breaks. This oh movie my goodness. is so right. hardcore. It is so metal, you're right. Everything about oh. this is metal, as metal can and be. Like, like when she's fighting the giant Kagushka or whatever his name Gruishka. is. Like, yeah, like you Man, it's predictable. The character names in this movie. Yeah. Like, Good God. The whole movie is so predictable. Like you know she's gonna lose because it's the hero's journey, and so she has to lose to get the new body because that's been oh my god, she just flew in the air from her arm and stabbed him in the face with her last remaining limb, and she was just saved by cyborg dogs. This movie is so metal like (laughs) so this is based on a really popular manga series that began being published in the 90s and um there's enough of an interesting story here to actually get me interested in potentially reading that um even though i didn't think the movie was great Mm -hmm. but something i was thoroughly uninterested in was motorball don't give a crap about Motorball. i I like i wanted i wanted more of motorball really yeah to me it's like more motorball less hugo that's what the log line of this movie needs to be <laughs> it's like every man for himself rugby and you have to keep moving forward i don't get it think it about what people like nowadays all. they like speed they like action they like mma bloodiness and then yeah. if you kind of keep it like the cultural norm of a sport and put some sort of object like a ball in there People are going to go nuts for this. Like I was like, this is a pretty believable advancement it's, in sport. It's NASCAR transformer rugby. And yes. I was, I was down. Like and I, I, think I, it's, I wanted more of it. <laughs> I think it's like a logical plot device as like a, 
if you look at it purely from the angle of like, okay, what's motivating her into getting into this like Zalem, Zalem place? Like how does, how does that accomplished? It kind of points everything back to like this one thing of, you have to suspend your disbelief of like all like five other things in order to get to this place. But it's like, it works on a transition level of how do you get from A to B? See, I think what frustrates me about the motorball part is that this movie could have been about, um, it could have been about power and morality and it it didn't end up being that way at all. It could have been about oppressors and oppression and it could have been about how no matter what her past was, her slate has been wiped clean and she is a blank slate, but is imminently moral as a result of that somehow and it doesn't explore those things whatsoever it like tries to though for a second like on all of yeah. those it's like this big rousing speech join me fight the oppressors uh just kidding like we're not going to talk about that anymore like yeah. it's just and then to, yeah. just to me like the the motorball stuff gets in the way of that and and I, and I understand like her wanting to participate in it like i mean especially if you're a robot with a metal body it looks pretty fun but um I, the biggest issue for me is that after all of this stuff happens to her in the movie, her response to that is to become a pro motorballer because not to that's like her fight way the of power getting up to like how else if she needs to fight the power from within. And so the best way for her to do that is to win this so that she can get within. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I think that I just, I think I've seen too many post-apocalyptic sci-fi movies to, to for the for the Zalem thing to mean anything to me. Like I just don't care about it because I know that it's yeah a ridiculous farce. Does that make sense? Because I've seen this trope over and over again. Yeah, this movie is like incredibly predictable in sense of like I just feel like we've been here so many times and and when this movie is trying to say something there are a hundred other sci-fi movies that are very similar to this that have said those things significantly better like it's it's kind of trying to be blade runner but it's but it's not it's kind of trying to be akira but it's not it's kind of ghost like all of those films it tries to step into those waters but it doesn't fully dive in but you go to a James Cameron film not for the originality. Like, let's, I'll be the first to say <laughs> that <laughs> Avatar, and this is, this is the thing. Every movie nowadays mm. is a, we talked about this a second ago, a sequel, reboot cool, based off of, it's something of something. And so, for what I'm going into this movie expecting, this movie had some cool ideas, some really great action scenes, and, at least for me, a main character that I thought was pretty well done. Now, there's a lot of things that I would cut, and don't get me started on the whole fact that Edward Norton shows up for half a second at the yeah. end of this movie. Well, yeah. What the heck was that? <laughs> That's the most, like... I wasn't even... It took me a second to figure out who it was. I was like, he looks familiar, but who is that? That's the most, like, sequel setup like ridiculousness thing I've ever seen in a movie. It's borderline Independence right, like, Day resurgence. Which the whole this movie is. This is, is clearly clearly made to have a sequel. I mean, I was I started thinking that like halfway through. Well, like at a certain point you're like, okay, they're not just gonna rush her getting to Zalem and then like 
blah 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 okay now she be like it's not like with how this movie is pacing you start to and i think that's one of the flaws is that as a viewer you start to realize like oh we're getting half of a story here or a third or a quarter we're not getting a full thing and that's frustrating like i don't i don't feel i mean it it is a james cameron film so like you should go in expecting 27 sequels like you should go in knowing (laughs) that you're not getting a whole story here (laughs) but that being said i i it this had enough in it for me and i think the character of alita is interesting enough that i am i will see a sequel i'm interested in a sequel so i do think that my opinion of this movie would go down if a sequel doesn't happen because so much of this movie is like they've laid the groundwork and now it's almost like this sounds terrible the character of hugo is gone so that part's out of the movie unless they try and throw some other romance in there it's like okay now we just get the good parts oh no i hope she's just like bitter and mad because of hugo's death that's the that's what the next one needs to be i'm calling it hugo's hugo's not dead they're gonna turn him into a cyborg and turn him against alita that's that's what's gonna happen because it's a james cameron movie you're so right jake dang it you're right i actually like might shed a tear over that thought that that's my yeah guys like i have so many issues with this movie um, so let's start getting into some of them break down throw out some of the issues yeah yeah okay first off amnesia is never as interesting as the screenwriter thinks it is like <laughs> it's just the worst trope i think it's so lazy um it and, died with jason Bourne. yes that was, that was it that was yes, the last time that was it we're done with amnesia. <laughs> I don't even care if it's based on a, a manga from the 90s. Change it. Like, do something different. I don't know. Um, I, I I kind of mention it already with, like, the, the overacting, I guess. But, like, I think it's just the script and the tone of this movie is all over the place. Like, each character feels like they're in a different movie. And I found the acting, like, cringe level bad. Like, Hugo is like he's in Twilight. Like Alita <laughs> is like from Avatar, but also like a child, um, and like uh, it was just so strange. I th- I think that Rosa Salazar did exactly what was asked of her. Yeah, but she was asked to do the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> like Christoph Waltz is fine because he's an amazing actor and can't really be that bad, but like he's just not given a lot to work with here. The only character that's not bad is the dog and they killed the dog so like that's not cool okay never that was brutal that was like unnecessarily out of nowhere just the weirdest it was one of those things like when it happens you're like wait are they gonna kill the dog oh they killed the dog that yeah is so it seems that the the blood on her face is a pretty big reference to the manga i think I think that's like kind of her deal. Okay, use a bounty hunter's blood. You don't kill dogs in movies. That's like that's the rule. Kill Hugo um, there, and then have her put Hugo's blood on there. There we go. Yeah, and then that that's fine. Kicks Hugo out of the second <laughs> half of the film, and maybe Hugo's death yeah. is then meaningful at that point. Like, ah, uh, yeah, and we get rid yeah, of him. Th- there is there is a weird casting problem where the most talented people in this movie in my opinion, Mahershala Ali and Jennifer Connelly are given the least amount to do. Yes. And nothing really interesting when they have something to do. Yeah. It, like Jennifer yeah. Connelly's character just turns because she feels like it. Like there's, yeah, it's there's so not no earned. explanation. It's, it's not earned there's nothing at all. Earned there at all. 
Yeah. It's yeah. Also, can can't we get her brain and eyes out of that box and into a cyborg body? Are we are we not going to do that after we just chopped <laughs> off someone's head and got him a cyborg body? Were like, you guys what are not the rules here? Weirded out at all by this like there were, I feel like one of the faults of this movie is that it's trying to do so many things and some of them like to the credit of the movie they do well. But some of them is like the part where they briefly just like touch on like, "Oh yeah, we had a daughter." Oh yeah, she died. Oh yeah, this body was for her, and then it's never brought up again. Yeah, and and the, she, he gives her the name, which is weird. That's weird, you guys. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, like there's so many weird little things, and then at the end, she's got like the new body and the sword, and she's been motor, she's been motorballing as a pro for a long time. So like, is she unbeatable now? Basically, like, and if if that's the case, if there were a whole army of these things in those bodies attacking Earth, how did they not win? And why has no one used right? this technology in Wait, over 300 years? Like, Here's the biggest question. Uh, why did they attack Earth to begin with? It seems like because Earth was the bad guys here. Is that? I think that's what we're supposed to pull from this. I guess. Is that the, the people of Mars were the good guys and Earth is the bad guys because they're ruled by Nova or something. Yeah, there's just so many Who's apparently still holes. alive. An immortal, maybe a computer, maybe a Skynet. I thought Edward Norton was Nova, and he's just yeah, but immortal. maybe, maybe, maybe he's immortal because he's a machine or something. See, this is these are issues. See, these are See, the issues we're talking. Why don't about. more people know Panzerkunst? Yeah, like it's oh, it's the yeah. lost ancient fighting art. It was all fought by machines. Go find a hard drive. Like it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's completely I don't think any war of of sizable scale in human history has been fought in which all of one side was destroyed completely. Right? Like that's Yeah, and all of the fighting possible. tactics. Like we know how the Romans fought in like 1000 BC. Like your robots figure it out. Um this is like and this is a little pet peeve which is like kind of stupid, but it is a complaint that I have with movies in general, but this movie does. Can we stop cutting right before what probably would have been the coolest action scene in the movie, a.k.a. pulling a goblet of fire um, with the Quidditch World Cup? That's what I call it, a goblet of fire. Right. Like It's the, we don't have the budget cut. <laughs> yes. It's so like what, built what, up that like, at the end, it's like they built up that she's like the best at motorball and she's got her new fancy body and her sword and it's this is for her so, to go to So what Zala. you're saying is is the sequel is basically Days of Thunder in the future. Mm. See, I'd see that. Take out Hugo and, and we'd, <laughs> I'd go see that. Um, yeah, like I just, I my biggest complaint though, I think is I never bought the relationships between any of the characters. And part of that has to do with the uncanny Valley. I think a little bit um, like the scene with her getting chocolate first off it was just like <laughs> so overacted by uh, the character and also like Hugo's reaction didn't make sense. And then later her getting home and being like, do we have chocolate? Like, and Christoph Waltz react, like just all of the reactions and performances in that like five minute scene made me realize like, Oh, this is not well directed. And I think that's the biggest thing with it is like Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron can direct action, but I don't know how good of like character storytelling they are. And I think that this movie like severely suffers from that. So it's Zack Snyder. Robert Rodriguez, every, yes, 
every good movie that Robert Rodriguez has made has been like stereotypical characters doing over the top action things. Yeah, that's what he does. He pushes technology yeah. to its limits to tell like a action-y story. And he's really good at that. But it's right. like there have been so many other directors and movies that have kind of caught up to what he's able to do that it's just it just I don't know I just I I just didn't care like I need something else yeah it's really frustrating to me with this because there is something great in here yeah like there's like there's something really interesting yeah something really cool really different like i said i'm i'm pretty i'm super interested in when at some point when i have some time in checking out the manga for this and reading it because i think there's a cool story an interesting character here but i will say that like these guys get to make this movie everything that you just said gets me excited for a sequel because i feel like they've done a lot of the like legwork they've kind of cut the fat they've trimmed it down and now it's you know, most movies are like you start at point A and then the world opens up from there. I feel like this started at like points A through Z and then slowly worked down to point A. And I'm like, okay, now we have this like focused, concise thing. Let's go ahead and let's make that movie. I, I just think that this should have been like a video game or something because it feels video gamey. This is a super interesting world like the world building is phenomenal and that's the biggest compliment i think i can give to this movie like i want to spend more time in this world and this feels like it should have been a video game like the world wants you to be a part of it but the movie doesn't if that makes sense that's how i felt yeah it reminded it had like a um it it reminded me a lot of total recall but in the daytime (laughs) like that kind of like like that kind of feel yeah um the original total recall um but but yeah, it's like you said. I think the the production design is really cool. The world building is really cool. I thought um, the streams of water is the wall for the city was a fascinating idea. I that was that was super interesting. <laughs> um, I do have a lot of questions about like where these refugee looking people are coming from, and why our main characters can just leave the city at will and all of these kind of things. But whatever, whatever. It's like this was this was a movie written by someone who had only watched TV and seen movies like that had like no other life experiences. <laughs> it's like it's like a mismatch mishmash of every sci fi thing ever made. Yeah, that makes sense. Are there any closing thoughts before we get to our ratings? No, I mean, like I'm I'm pretty down on this movie, like I think compared to you guys. But I, I mean, I will reiterate it is visually amazing and there is there is an interesting movie and an interesting concept here i think they just missed the mark but like i'm i'm i would see a sequel like and i think that 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 means something (laughs) yeah all right well let's go ahead and get to our ratings yeah, I mean, I basically just gave my final thoughts, but uh, this was a like a D plus for me. I just really did not like it. Like my eyeballs were happy, but my brain was pretty upset. So, um, so yeah, I I I kind of said this. This was I, I actually I enjoyed watching it. I, it wasn't great. Um, it had it's it's sort of a mess at times, but it's ultimately just more frustrating than anything because there's something great in here, and I think. I think if it's done right, a sequel could fix a lot of the problems of this movie. 
Um, but, but ultimately a true mixed bag, uh, 48.5 out of number 99, <laughs> um, on the motorball track, um, right there in the very solid middle. This is a three out of five stars for me. It's, I had fun. I walked out with a smile on my face. I wasn't, it wasn't like transformers where I walk out and I'm like, I just wasted three hours of my life on when I could have been doing something much better. I was pleasantly surprised and there were parts of it that I liked. There are parts of it that made me roll my eyes more than any movie that I've seen in the past six months, but there's something here. There's something here. And as a fan of just garbage action movies, this is a like, this is the ultimate like TBS action movie. Yeah. FX will have this movie. Yes. <laughs> FX will. They have the movies from what I hear. The real um, question is, I mean, if if they go as is the trend, they'll hire Justin Lin for the sequel, right? That's not a bad thing. Isn't that isn't that what you do? Yeah, yeah I'd I'd see that, honestly. Let's <laughs> remember no that Justin Lin did a lot for the Fast and the Furious franchise. That was virtually no, I, dead. I'm, 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 we'll never forget. I don't have a problem with it all. Justin Lin would be a great choice to direct a sequel. Yeah. Right. Just not Robert Rodriguez. I think we're all in consensus on that, but that's all we yeah. have for our review. Let's go ahead and get to our content of the week. Trevor, what is your content of the week? Okay. Um, I've got a couple things. One is I've been watching Jeopardy on Netflix. I don't know why it's on there, but I love Jeopardy <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. Ugh. So uh, watch Jeopardy. The episodes are like 19 minutes long. Get a little, uh, just a little uh, quiz, quiz show feel in your brain. And then, um, uh, the other thing is I've been reading I've kind of I think I've referenced it before I've been reading um, a Star Wars short story collection called From a Certain Point of View that came out last year to reference um, in or I guess to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Star Wars episode 4 A New Hope and it's 40 different short stories they're all really short 6 to 10 pages each um, kind of about just like small side characters or characters that don't even appear in A New Hope but their stories intersect with the main characters in the main story um, and it's really interesting. Um, just an example, one of my favorites is um, the Imperial officer who decides not to shoot down the escape pod at the beginning goes <laughs> to one of his buddies and tries to fudge some paperwork so that he doesn't get blamed for not <laughs> blasting R2-D2 and C-3PO. So um, I think it's, it, it really gives some humanity to the Star Wars universe in a really interesting way. One of the greatest parodies of star wars ever i can't believe i'm recommending this is the family guy parody of star wars and they actually make a comment on that where they're like uh there's no life form on there let it let it pass and the guy's like what are we getting charged per laser now like (laughs) 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 so good there was a i think it explains it in the story by saying that that they were being graded on their kill ratios and that's why there it is that's how it was retconned so there you go there's also a lot, a lot, a lot of retconning that happens, and I'm mostly satisfied with it in this in these short stories. <laughs> yeah, the Cantina one of where the Cantina band came from is kind of funny. Have you got to that one yet? Yeah, that's that's my next one. I haven't oh, read okay. that one yet. That one's that's pretty funny. One. Uh, Jake, what's your content of the week? Yeah, mine is a documentary uh, that's pretty heavy, the opposite of the Star Wars short stories. Um, It's on Netflix. It's called Alt-Right Age of Rage, and I think it does a really good job of kind of portraying uh, just 
our political climate and like what's actually happening right now compared to what the news wants you to think um i would really recommend it it basically follows the alt-right movement for about a year and a half and then culminates with the charlottesville incident um and it's crazy man it is it is crazy i would really recommend everybody watch it especially just with what's going on right now so yeah alt-right age of rage it's not a fun watch but i think it's an important one my content of the week is a book series called chaos walking um the books individually are called the knife of never letting go the ask and the answer and then the third one is called monsters of men and they're making a movie on it doug lyman's directing it and it's tom what's the spider-man's tom's name tom holland holland Holland. and daisy ridley as the two leads with mads mickelson i think nick jonas is even in it there's it's a kind of weird cast oh yeah that's the movie that uh doesn't exist yeah like, it was supposed like to come out no march marketing 1st. for it it's supposed to come out yeah, yeah. it's supposed to come out march 1st and they've made no announcement on there's been no trailers no posters but they've made no announcement about it changing date i seriously doubt it's going to come out in two weeks considering we've heard nothing about it unless they decide to pull up cloverfield and just drop it on us but the supposed thought is that um or supposedly there was news but it's not like nobody's reported on it really it's just kind of on like reddit that it got they're doing reshoots right now um with tom holland and daisy ridley's schedules kind of waiting for them to have some things and then i don't know they'll do some reshoots and then they'll it'll come out like next march but the book series is really interesting uh the first one's kind of gets off to a slow start and especially if you listen to the audiobook it's very like whiny at first tom holland's character but the ideas in the first book are pretty good and the second book uh goes to like some really interesting ideas and is pretty good and i'm just starting the third book but yeah good series so far that is all we have this week we'll be back next week with a new review of how to train your dragon 3 where we will hopefully not be crying too much hopefully we'll be able to take it through the episode (laughs) Uh, if you've enjoyed listening to us go to itunes or spotify subscribe rate review us share us follow us whatever it is that you do on that music platform do it and share it with your friends and family if you want to know more about us, you can go to our website, popcornoptional.com. If you want to interact with us, the best place to do that would be on Twitter at Popcorn Optional. My name is Cameron Selena. You can find me online at 321 Time or on Letterboxd at C Selena. Jake, where can we find you online? You can find me online at jakebrown.tv. That is my website and my Instagram. And I'm on Letterboxd as Jake underscore Brown. Trevor. Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Turbo Trevor. Trevor's got that good branding going on. All one thing. <laughs> yeah. In the words Hashtag of Truman branding. Burbank, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Bye.